Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church, where we learn and grow together in Christ. We now join the church in worship. Amen. Thank you, Hambells, for preparing us for worship. What a wonderful time of the year it is to join together and worship our Savior and Lord. We're glad you're here. Welcome to Bowen Springs Baptist Church. If you're a guest with us today, 
we would like to know more about you. And in front of you, there are some pink or purple slips of paper. Those are our care ministry slips, but you can use one of those to put uh, maybe some contact information on there. We'd love to get to know you and allow you to get to know us. So also, too, for those of you who are uh, our regulars, if you know of someone in need of prayer or a visit or a card or some uh, type of, of ministry, please fill out those care card ministry uh, slips and put them in the offering plate, and those will be given to our care team, which meets on Wednesday nights. And we just want to be able to uh, reach out to folks and let them know that we're thinking about them and care about them and love them. So please take the time to fill that out. If you uh, got your bulletin, grab those and, and open that up. There are a lot of good things going on. Also, it'll be your guide for worship this morning, but a guide for the activities and ministry opportunities of the week. So please look at that. You'll note that tonight is our um, Christmas children's choir program at six o'clock so you want to make um, time to be here for that that's always a need and special time and they've worked hard this time of the year to uh, share with us so let's make make plans to be here for that at six o'clock the uh, prayer shawl ministry will meet tomorrow night at 6 p.m that was uh, not that was omitted from the list of activities so tomorrow night at 6 p.m the prayer shawl ministry will meet that will be the only time this month so those of you who are part of that ministry um, just know that our annual Broughton Christmas will be this Wednesday at 6 p.m., and we will be having a covered dish meal, so we will host um, our guests from Broughton Hospital, and we look forward to that. So prepare for covered dish and dessert and those kind of items um, for our fellowship together on Wednesday night. On Thursday evening, there are a couple of different things going on. The Grief Share Ministry will have their memory service, and then right, right after that, the Crest High uh, chorus will have their Christmas concert in the sanctuary at 7 p.m., so please make, uh, make note of those. Friday night will be our children's ministry's birthday party for Jesus at 6 p.m., so that'll be a fun time for them. You're in, there's an insert in your bulletin for a blood drive coming up on January the 4th. You'll need to make appointments for that. You can call Madison Latham for those, so that's on the um, backside of one of those inserts in your bulletin. We are looking for bell ringers for the Salvation Army to uh, bell ringing on Saturday, December the 20th. That list is outside my office door. So if you're wanting to participate in that, we um, look forward to having you be a part of that community ministry. The last two nights, uh, Friday and Saturday night, we enjoyed Joe and his group uh, entertaining us with music from the 40s. You know you're getting older when I said, I know that music. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was born in 45. So, uh, but uh, just wanted to give you a little report uh, uh, how that went and, and what was taken up, uh, food stuff was brought, and money uh, for our food pantry. <clears throat> uh, on uh, December 5th, Six heaping overflowing carts of food, $1,003 in donations and co from the cake auction and other donations. And no, December 6, six more heaping overflowing carts. What are these carts? They're, 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 they're big. Yeah. Uh, six heaping overflowing carts of food, $751 in donations and cake auction. Uh, for $1,754 plus the foodstuffs that people brought. DVDs of this group were sold. Some were sold last night. If you want to buy one, Ruth Pace has them. Right, Ruth? Right there. And you can uh, buy one. Uh, see her today afterward. Uh, but <clears throat> I just wanted to give all those stats and let you know that it was a great success. Uh, everybody had a great time. I was there Saturday night, Carol and I, and it was just a lot of fun and went for a great cause. So I want to say thank you to, to Joe and his group, and I think we ought to give them a big hand. <clears throat> Not only for Joe and his group, but the people that served, the people that decorated. Lord, it was a big deal. So uh, I, I just wanted to give you that report and let you know how that went. Thank you.
Today we light the first and second candles of the Advent wreath. The first candle is the candle of hope, a reminder of Jesus is our hope. The second is a candle of peace. The prophet Isaiah called Christ the Prince of Peace. He told us how he would rule the world wisely and bless all the nations. We light the candle of peace to remind us that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and that through him the peace is found. In a world full of unrest, we pray for peace. May we break, may we be the peacemakers by the power of the Holy Spirit. The scripture comes from Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. For a child is born to us, a son, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Also comes from John 14, 25 through 27. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything that I've told you. Let us pray. Father, we come to you today thanking you for all the wonderful blessings that you give to us. Humble us, Father, and remind us that everything we have comes from you. Father, be with Preacher Jim and everyone else as they bring us the message today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God created us. He loved us and wanted to be close to us. Everything was how it was supposed to be. But we fell. We sinned. And no matter how hard we tried, we couldn't make it right. But that didn't stop him. He reached down to us. He sent his son. As the perfect sacrifice to save us. One sacred effort to redeem mankind. We are part of this effort. Going across the world. To every tribe. Every nation. No matter the cost. When we signed on the dotted line and said we want to follow Jesus, that means we left everything behind. And that he is now my hopes and my dreams. We share the gospel, plant churches, and make disciples. Because we believe the gospel can transform lives and communities. We go to the people who have yet to hear. Sharing the story with them so that they can tell others. Multiplying the story of God's grace among all people. One sacred effort. It's just wonderful how we as a body of Christ can come united in one effort to carry the Great Commission throughout the world. When Jesus tells his disciples to be his witnesses, he's not giving a mandate just for that period and that time. He's giving a mandate to the church for all time. As the body of Christ, we're like an orchestra, we're like a band. Each member is so vital, is so important for making beautiful music. For over a century, churches like yours, working together, have sent people around the world through IMB to share God's love with those who have never heard. And if we sent them out alone, then they would not make it because they wouldn't be able to stand. But if we send them out as the church, then they can stand against the world. 100% of your gifts go to helping send out your missionaries to tell the story. Too many times we get so interested in building our own kingdoms, but we've got to look at the bigger picture. Again, this is one sacred effort. All of us coming together to impact the world, and we've got to get behind our workers and support them. Let's make world missions a priority through our giving to the Light of Moon and Christmas offerings so we can support these efforts that are being made all across the world. So we come together as one body, as one sacred calling to God to touch this world. Jesus will smile on us and will change this world for him. of one sacred effort to see people across the world proclaiming together at the top of their lungs that Jesus Christ is Lord. Take your hymnals, please. If we're going to sing together number 105, Child in the Manger, uh, you may know the tune to Morning Has Broken. It's the same tune, different words. Christmas, we're going to sing only 
the first and the last stanza. And then if you need the words to Emmanuel, it's there on page uh, whatever it is, 82. Yeah. Let's stand as we sing, please. Last week we talked about light. We talked about lighting candles. Um, and today we lit another candle in the Advent wreath. And anybody know what, remember what that candle is? Last week was the candle of hope. This week is the candle of peace. Very good. Um, do y'all watch the news? Yeah, good. You probably don't want to watch the news. You read the newspaper. No, sometimes. Well, I tell you, if you, if you ever hear the news on or you read the newspaper, do you hear much good news? No. Nope. You don't hear much good news, unfortunately. Uh, you hear about a lot of bad things that are happening all over the world. Uh, do bad things happen here? Yeah, all the time. Um, and when we think about this candle of peace... You know, we wonder, what does it take to bring peace to the world? And I tell you that peace has already come. Um, and ultimate peace comes in our lives when we believe in Jesus. But when Jesus was born, the angels tell of the peace that came. Uh, in Luke 2, verse 14... The angels say, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And in the passage of Scripture that was just read earlier from Isaiah, it says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of peace. Now, you know, we can try to do a lot to uh, be peacekeepers. You ever had, have you ever had to be a peacekeeper in a, in a situation? You ever had to step in between two folks that was fixing to um, get angry with one another? Now, uh, I hope you don't. You, you have, unfortunately. Um, not at home, though. <laughs> not saying it couldn't happen. 
But, you know, maybe you've been out on the playground or in the classroom and you've seen two people start to fuss and argue or um, maybe even fight and you feel like you need to be the peacekeeper there. Um, I tell you, we can try to do a lot of things to bring peace to this world, but one of the greatest things that we can do is to tell people about Jesus because that's where peace comes from. Peace in our lives come from knowing Jesus and knowing that the Bible teaches us that peace came to earth in the form of a baby. And Jim's going to talk about that today a little bit. But, you know, a lot of times that's hard for us to think about. But peace came in the form of a baby named Jesus that wasn't just an ordinary baby, but a baby that came here to grow up and to die for us so that we can be at peace with ourselves and with each other uh, because of who Jesus is. So I tell you what, knowing Jesus kind of takes the pressure off of me thinking that I have to be the peacekeeper or I have to keep peace with everybody or I have to worry about peace in the world. I don't have to worry about that because I know peace. And that peace is Jesus Christ. Um, there's a bumper sticker that, that floats around or a little saying that floats around that says, K-N-O-W, know Jesus, know peace. But then it says, comma, know N-O, Jesus, know peace. So without Jesus, we can't have peace. And that's what we tell the world. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. That's what we celebrate all the time is that Jesus came to bring us peace. And ultimately, when Jesus comes back, there will be peace. Um, let's pray. God, help us to tell others about the peace that we know in Jesus Christ. And may the peace in our lives show, show people that we know you and that we're not worried because we know the one who brought peace and who brings peace. I pray for those in this room and those all around who do not know who you are and do not have peace in their lives. May they find it in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please take your hymnals once again and turn to number 98 as we sing one that's maybe not sung quite so often, and it's called I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. We are going to sing all the stanzas in it, and let me ask you to really pay attention to the text. As uh, Wesley was mentioning about peace in the third stanza, it talks about in despair, bowing my head because I'm looking around the world and I'm looking around our country and saying, there isn't any peace right now, but there is but it's a different form than what most people are thinking. Hymn 98, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Let's stand, please.
Isn't this sanctuary beautiful? Uh, there are certain people that help do this every year. And it's just a reflection, hopefully, of what's in our hearts as we see these things. These are visual cues to us of how wonderful this season is, the message of it, the message that goes throughout the whole year. May we celebrate Christmas. Let's bow together. Father, we're thankful that we live in a day when we can celebrate this day in this free country with this church with an open door we're thankful, Lord, for the message of Christmas. That is a message that you tell us all year round. That God is with us through Jesus. That he came to die. He came to live. He came to show us the way. He came to bring the gospel. He came to come into our hearts. He came to be Lord of our lives. Lord, he did all these things for us, for love's sake. Help us to be aware of these things. Help us not in the rush and busyness of this season of the year. Forget what it's all about and help us rejoice because Jesus came for us. These things we ask in thy name. Amen. 86 is a favorite carol of many. O little town of Bethlehem. We're going to sing the first, second, and last stanzas only. Let's stand. Page number 86.
let us pray. Father, the Bible tells us to be still and to know that you're God. And Father, there could not be a more appropriate time as we think about Christ coming into the world to take time to do just that, to be still and to recognize, Father, what a miraculous gift that you gave to all mankind on that special day. And Father, the Bible challenges us to be a witness to that fact, to let our light shine. You know, Father, we've been studying about that that's a light that no darkness can put out. And Father, how grateful I am to you for that fact. Help us to let our light shine, Father, especially in this Christmas season. Help us to show to the world that we worship a God who's real and who is alive and well. Father, I thank you now for a time of giving. Father, a time that we give back a portion of what we've been blessed with. And I pray, Father, now that as we give, that you would bless the tithes, the offerings, that you would multiply them, Father, so that the gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ might be spread to the far corners of the earth. I pray, Father, that as we continue in worship, that our hearts and our minds would be open. Help us to be receptive to your word. And then, Father, help us to step out into the world and truly let our light shine for Christ. For we make this prayer in his name and for his sake. Amen.
Our scripture this morning is taken from the first chapter of Matthew and beginning in the 18th verse and going through the 25th verse. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. For it is he who will save his people from their sins. And now all this took place that was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph arose from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took her as his wife, and kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. <laughs> share this morning two things I want to make mention of if you know your schedule for the Christmas season here in this church next Sunday is the Christmas cantata uh, this choir sings every Sunday works hard 
I know they've worked on this cantata. I know because my wife and I have been traveling down the roads and I've been singing it with her every mile of the way. <laughs> and it's good. It's good. It's got a great message. Y'all come and support the choir. It'll be a worship experience. It'll be a wonderful time. Also, I would be remiss if I did not mention today that this is December 7th. This is Pearl Harbor Day. I've been to Hawaii. I've stood where the deck of the Arizona was, where over a thousand young men died. Most of them never even knew what hit them. And this is a time to remember them and remember all those who love this country and were willing to pay the ultimate price. The family was going home for Christmas. Where they were going was quite distant. It was going to be their big vacation for the year and maybe for a number of years. And the wife was very organized. She always kept lists and checked them off of things that they needed to do to, to um, be ready for the trip. They had a big station wagon and they had two kids and the parents and they had tried to remember every little thing. They had stopped the newspaper or they had one neighbor to feed the dog. They had another neighbor to take the mail. They packed all their clothes and their gifts for family members. They marked the route on their map. They did the motel reservations. They had it all worked out. Finally, they packed it all up. They thought, man, we really did a good job. Didn't forget a thing. Backed out of the driveway and we got about a half mile down the road and the woman screamed, we forgot the baby. <laughs> the baby was asleep in the crib, the youngest member of the family. And in the rush of all this stuff, they forgot the baby. You know, that's not that hard to do. A number of years ago in my church in Charlotte, our youngest son, Paul, was about three years old. They had an evening service. And Carol uh, was there with the three boys and the, Paul, the youngest. A lot of times he was tired playing all day long. Uh, he laid on the pew and went to sleep. I don't know why with such a fine sermon he would do that. But anyway, he went to sleep. And after the service, you know, we greeted folks, say goodbye, you know, had a good time. And, and uh, then uh, turned off the lights, locked the door. Carol and I got in the car and went down about, oh, about a mile down the road and Where's Paul? <laughs> I thought, well, he'll wake up and think he died, you know. <laughs> it's dark church, you know. <laughs> said, Lord, let him still be asleep. <laughs> we came back and rushed as fast as we could, and there he was. Hadn't moved a muscle. Never knew it happened. I don't know if he ever told him. He might think he wasn't loved or something. <laughs> but anyway, Christmas is a busy time. We all realize that the time of buying and shopping and cards and cooking and candy and parties and gifts and decorations, especially it's a time of buying. You know why they call it the mall. It's not spelled M-A-L-L, -L, it's spelled M-A-U-L. We maul each other. Have you ever seen it on TV, you know, these specials? Man, they're jumping over each other and smacking each other. They're mauling each other. Let's all go out to the mall. <laughs> I think about that, some of these sales after Thanksgiving and everybody, it's uh, quite a, a challenging time. I was at the mall the other day in, uh, in Spartanburg, and it was, oh my goodness, it was something. It reminds me of the family that was driving to the shopping mall for Christmas shopping and they were going to shop separately because, of course, they wanted their presence to be secret. And uh, so the mama said, let's uh, synchronize our watches and meet in the parking lot at 5 o'clock. Then she saw it again, again and she said, well, let's synchronize our wallets. <laughs> Make sure we got enough here. Get that in balance. Sometimes you get the impression that if they called off Christmas... The ones that would be the most upset would be the merchants that weren't making their profits or some of the people that could not go Christmas shopping. Oh, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in all of this busyness, 
Let's not forget the baby. That's what it's all about. Hopefully we as Christians know best how to celebrate Christmas better than anyone else. The Son of God coming in the way that he did tells us several important things. Number one, we must be able to think small. Think small. Because God thinks small. The Bible says his eye is on the sparrow. How important was a sparrow? The Bible says the hairs on your head are numbered. You happen to know how many hairs on your head are numbered? How could that be important? Well, God knows it. If he knows that, he knows everything, and he's concerned about everything. He sees our every need. He cares for our every need. He sees us in our ordinary lives. Nothing is small to him. Christ is with us in our ordinary world. The ordinary things. Looking at the baby tells us that God sometimes comes incognito in our lives. He is there in every little affair of life. He witnesses it, he knows it, and he's concerned about it, and it makes a difference. We sang this morning Phillips Brooks' beautiful carol, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above the deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. See, God's way of coming into this world, my friends, it wasn't as a towering intellect. It was not as a triumphant general. It was not as a suave politician. He came as a little baby, just like any other baby. And that fact, I think, reminds us that our little problems are noticed by him. You see, there are two concepts of the nature of God. First, there is the otherness of God. He is holy. He is removed. He is pure love. He is apart from sin. He is great and mighty. We see that vision in Isaiah chapter 6. I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. Smoke filled the temple. And I said, I am a sinful man. God is mighty and great and pure. And who am I? That's one vision of God. But Christmas sends the other vision. Christmas reminds us of his closeness, that he's a friend in the spirit. He's as close as our own breathing. And through Jesus coming as a little child, coming in poverty, coming in a faraway land, in a faraway town, in a faraway country, that he understands our ordinary lives, our hurt, our pain, sometimes our struggle. The baby reminds us to be aware of little things. Secondly, it reminds us that the baby reminds us that God stooped to save us. He took on himself humanity. God who flung the stars into space, God who created the worlds, came to be one with us. Jesus was God in the flesh. He knew what it meant to be sleepy and tired and hungry and elated and disappointed and, yes, tempted. He knew what it meant to have a close friend die and stand at the graveside and weep. God, through Christ, shares our heartache, our pain, our disappointment, yes, our joy, our ecstasy, our thrill. God identifies with us. God becomes real, and it's fleshed out through Jesus and through the coming of this Christ child. Back in World War II, there was a little boy who was six years old, and his father was fighting in the war in Europe. And on the little boy's desk in his room was a picture of his dad in, the, in his uniform. Every, every day when he went into his room, he saw that picture, and he saw the picture of his dad 
in his uniform. And, and, and he said this to his mother as he was wishing that his father was home. I wish my father could step out of that picture frame and be real to me. I wish he could be real to me, not just a picture. That is what God does through Christ. He steps out of the farawayness, out of the distance, and becomes a real person. A real person to share hurt, pain, and sorrow. A real person to understand who you are and what you go through. Christ's coming tells us something very important, my dear friends. What does it tell us? You matter. You count. You're of great worth. Look at the trouble God went through to save you. For your salvation, you have great worth because the God of glory loves you so much that he went through all of that to save you. You are of intrinsic worth, not because of what you got, not because of what other people think about you, but because God made you worth something. And you always have to feel that. Charles Wesley's hymn, Light in life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings, mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. You see, my friends, we can go around the world. We can go around the world. We can see the sights. We can travel. That's never very hard to do. We can get in our car. We can get on an airplane. We can go around. We can travel. We can visit. I like to do that myself. All it takes is a little money, a car, a plane ticket. But let me tell you something. It's something else to go into the world. That's what Jesus did. That was the key to true love, to identify with people he went into the world, to be able to see the hurt, be able to be willing to experience it ourselves. That's what Jesus did. Not just view loneliness and difficulty, but for love's sake, put in our place in our put ourselves in that place to feel those things. That's what Jesus did. James says it's not enough to pronounce a blessing, but to share the pain, to get into it to experience it, to live it. That's what Jesus did. I've always admired a great Catholic nun who died not too long ago, Mother Teresa. When she was set to start her life's work as a young lady, she went to those over her in the Catholic Church and she said this, this to them, I want you to send me to the poorest place. I want you to send me to the most needy people. I want you to send me to those who need ministry the most, those that are the most hurting, those that are the most sick, those that are the most struggling. That's exactly where I want to send me to the worst place. That way I can identify most with the cross of Jesus. And they sent her to a place called the Black Hole of Calcutta. She stayed there the rest of her life. She not only preached the gospel, she came alongside the hurt, the pain, and the sin of the world to identify with that pain and that suffering and even, yes, experience it. This is what God did through Jesus is in the coming of the little baby. If that isn't love, friends, I don't know what is. If you remember anything I say this morning, remember this. He became what we are in order that he might make us what he is. He became what we are in order that he might make us what he is. The man was 
warm by the fire. He was a good man. Loved his wife, loved his two daughters, a good provider. But he wasn't a spiritual man. Didn't go to church, didn't feel he needed to go to church. His wife and his two daughters were very faithful to church, faithful Christians. They always invited him to go, but he always kindly refused. He just didn't have time for that, but they could go ahead if they wanted to. And through the years, that's the way it was. And it was Christmas Eve, bitterly cold, snow on the ground. And it was time for the Christmas Eve service at midnight, Christmas Eve. And as always, she asked him if he would like to go. And as always, he said, no, thank you. I'll just stay here by the fire. I'll stay up until you come home. So his wife and his two daughters left and got in the car and drove off for the service. And he sat down by the fire to read his paper. Suddenly, he heard a racket out in the front yard. He didn't know what it was. He's kind of curious. He got up and looked out there, and there was a flock of little sparrows flying around flittering right close to the house. And he understood what it was. They were freezing cold. It was bitterly cold. And he was a kind man. He was a good man. He said, those little birds are just freezing to death. And he thought, well, you know, I got a plan. I'm going to open up my garage door. It's, I know it's warmer in there. And I'm going to shoo those birds in there. And they, they get a little warmer. So he trudged, put his big old boots on and tromped out in the snow and raised the the garage door, and he tried to shoo them in there. Well, they wouldn't shoo. <laughs> they went here, and they went there, and they went to trees, and he kept trying more and more, and they just wouldn't cooperate. And he thought for a minute, you know, if I could become a sparrow, if I could be like them, if I could communicate with them, I'd let them know where there was warmth. I'd let them know where they could find relief from the cold. If I could become one of them, if I could become one of them. And right at that moment as he was thinking that, the bells on the church steeple where his wife and two daughters were rang out. Silent night. Holy night. All is calm. All is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. And suddenly it hit him like a thunderclap. Oh, that's what it's about. That's what Jesus is about. Suddenly, the story didn't seem absurd. Jesus in the manger, suddenly he saw the plan behind it all. Do you see the plan behind it all? And when his wife and two girls came home from that service, they found a new man for the rest of his life who had no difficulty going to church with his family and professing Christ as Savior. If you go to Rome, Italy, there's a painting called the Sistine Madonna. And in that painting, Christ is seen as a young lad in his mother's lap. There's a faraway look in his eye, and one finger is caught in the fold of his mother's robe as though he were shrinking back from what lay ahead. Because let me tell you something, my friends. Bethlehem's trough and Calvary's cross are made of the same wood. And there could be no more stark contrast between the peace and serenity and joy and singing of the angels and the, and the wise men coming and the shepherds and, and the silence and beauty and wonder of it all, of the birth of Jesus and the way he died. 
It all points. This, all of this points to a cross. And he did that for you and for me. Let us live in the light of that every day. Let's bow together. Father, we pray that you would make us aware of your grace, your plan. Oh, what a plan it was. What a plan it was to send Jesus on a mission. Oh, yes, to be born in peace and love and serenity and song and adoration. But he was born on a mission that led to a cross. And help us to live in the light of that realization. Help us to know you as Lord and Savior. If there be any here that want to come into this church from another, any who want to just come forward and take my hand and simply say, I want to be a Christian. I want to publicly profess Christ as Savior and be baptized. Any who want to just renew their vows to you, Lord. I stand ready to receive any that would come. Bless us and guide us. These saints who ask in thy name. Amen. I know you'll make every effort to just be aware of all that's going on this time of the year because it's such a special time to really take part in what it means to be a Christian and celebrate this special time. I'm going to lead us in a benediction from the back of the auditorium. Let's all bow together. <coughs> Father, we're grateful for the meaning of this time of the year. We're grateful, Lord, for the great message that lives in our hearts, that Jesus loved us enough to die for us, and we are of great worth because of that. Help us to live in the light of that fact. Help us to not take it for granted. Help us to know, Lord, that there are many people in our community and in our world that do not have that realization, and help us to be bearers of good news. Bless this church. Bless and guide us day by day. All these things we ask in thy name.
Amen. You have been listening to the worship service at Boiling Springs Baptist Church, located at 307 South Main Street in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Come and worship with us at your next opportunity. Thank you for listening.